Hear ye, hear ye, and welcome to the Royal Geek Podcast. I will be hosting tonight. I am Justin Sandoval, a.k.a. Sandy, and joined, as always, with Anthony Amato. We like to call him Shimato. And you'll notice we do not have T-Roll or T-Sweat. Uh, yeah, they they are just two busy guys. They just decided they did not want to hang out, hang out with us. So, we are bringing in our s- local Star Wars expert here. Uh, we have a guest to the pod. You are, you've heard him before on several Star Wars things before, and his name is Zach Markham, Apple Zach's baby. What's going on, man? Hey, what's up, guys? What's going on? Yeah, we're glad to have you here to help us yeah. break down the book of Boba Fett. So. Uh, I feel like we should just like dive right in, man. Um, but before we do, I do want to go ahead and say, uh, go ahead and follow us on Twitter at uh, Royal Geek Pod and uh, give us a shout out. Uh, let us know what you're thinking about the episode so far. Uh, leave us a, a a five star review and a rating on uh, Apple Podcasts and I believe Spotify. Now you can leave uh, star ratings and reviews. So yeah, definitely do that. Help us out a little bit. Uh, but we appreciate you guys uh, for listening. And uh, so, yeah, Book of Boba Fett, episode two. Let's start off with some general thoughts. Uh, what are you guys thinking so far? Um, I, I mean, I think it's been a really good view into uh, Boba Fett's, you know, time in the past and seeing a little bit more of his time in the in the present. We're, we're getting so much more backstory than I was really expecting. Like, I was expecting it to be more of a present driven like an extension of the mandalorian more than it really is but uh, uh it, it has really focused on how he has gotten to this point so it's been really interesting to see how that has turned out yeah for sure i'm glad that you're getting like both aspects you know you're getting the the backstory that a lot of fans have been wanting and you're getting uh what's going on in present time so um it's it's been it's been very interesting how they've been able to balance that yeah the balancing act i do feel they're doing a good job so far um i mean i did feel like um episode one had more of the the present yeah i I say present but like we're still 30 years away from the current uh timeline in star wars with episode um seven eight and nine so um but we'll say present as far as mandalorian timeline present for when this is happening like everything else is in the past post return of the jedi that's what that's what we're really talking about here um but yeah i feel like episode one of boba fett did more of the bouncing act because it went back and forth but um this one was a very small snippet of the uh, post uh, Return of Jedi, and then uh, it flashed back, uh, and we spent most of the time there learning about what Boba did to survive. Yeah, I mean, I think it's okay to call this the present. You know, it's it, it's his current present. It is the moment that he, it, in my mind, he is in. You know, everything else is you know either his future or his past. So, I mean, I think it's good to say that to have it set up there. Um, yeah, we de- you definitely just get like that small chunk of the at the beginning of the episode of you know what's currently happening and then you get a ton of backstory just, just a lot yeah and uh i will say the action in this episode was top notch yeah top notch yep for sure it's uh the action it's action packs like uh, we've been wanting 
Yeah, and so okay, so we mentioned uh, the present time. The episode starts off where we where we left off really with the assassin um, battle. Uh, they try yes. to, they try to abduct or kill Boba Fett, and he uh, Fennec Shan ran after the the parkour b- bounty hunters yeah. or whatever the heck the assassins they were. Mm-hmm. And uh, the opening scene here is her dragging him through the desert uh, to which is now Boba's castle now. Um, instead, of, it's not Jabba's palace anymore; it's yes. Boba's palace. And um, you see the a nice little callback from Return of the Jedi where the door opens and she like walks yep. through it, right? Yeah. And uh, she brings him, throws him in there, and uh, they're interrogating him. Boba's interrogating him. And uh, this was just such a cool scene. There were so many cool little things that happened in the scene that uh, <laughs> like made my Star Wars geekiness uh, yeah. go haywire. One of the things, I don't know if you guys know this or not, but like they're interrogating him and... Uh, he doesn't say anything. He refuses to speak. And so the, one of the Gamorrean guards goes with a knife up, up against uh, his throat. And, uh, they like, he, the, what's the AD8, the robot says he, he fears no man. And then she's like, well, maybe the Rancor. And when she pulls a lever, if you notice the Gamorrean, he runs like to the side really fast. Yeah. He learned his <laughs> lesson not to stick around from yes. Jabba and, and his past because yes. when the Gamorrean fell in with, with Luke. So, that's pretty cool. Yeah, probably uh, his cousin. <laughs> probably, yeah. probably yeah, you know, <laughs> best friend, cousin. Uh, but yeah, no, I, that little slight detail, it was awesome. And y- you'll miss it if you're not paying attention to the, that scene. I watched it on two times. Yeah. Uh, the second time around, you catch that. Like, he's holding the knife there. And as soon as like she says Rancor and puts her hand on the thing, like you see him like jolt to the right. And it's it's amazing just knowing the context with that. Yeah. Yep, for yeah sure. And I think it was really cool, like being in on it with them, you know, just... You know, you you know there's nothing down there. You know, as a as a Star Wars fan, you know the Rancor is not down there. You know, so it was really cool seeing you know them using that ploy because you knew the whole time that they were just that they were just messing with this with this guy trying to get some information out of him. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And uh, plus, you know, it's it's not even really Boba's style to torture anybody because you know he said himself he wants to roll with uh respect he's not gonna torture yeah. anybody to get the information he wants yeah but uh i guess uh he let fennec take the rings there yes uh, <laughs> for sure that was that was that was funny though but uh so apparently this guy uh he's an assassin he's a member uh he's the or- a member of the order of the Nightwind, right yes that's what we yep. uh, yes, that's it. deduce there yep. and uh so they're trying to figure out who sent him who hired him yes right uh, and he reveals that the mayor, the mayor is the one that hired yes. him, which we know from episode one was the one who sent his little like liaison Adversary, yeah, yeah. Uh, to uh, to speak and try to collect tribute rather than bring a tribute. So yes. uh, already we're seeing a, uh, I'd say, I guess, uh, uh, turmoil uh, between Boba Fett and yes. the, the people of uh, Tatooine and uh, yes. Mos Espa. Yes. So yep. that's uh, that's building up there. That's pretty cool. Uh, but they they do throw a little wrench in that later on in a couple couple minutes from this scene. Um, so yeah, so they drag him to the mayor, uh, which I thought was uh, a good scene at the the check in desk. Yes. For, <laughs> oh man, uh, Boba. They're like, we're here to see the mayor, uh, Boba Fett. Uh, let me see. Do you have a, Do you have an appointment? Uh, yeah. That that whole scene that was good. There, yeah. There's some good some old school bio- yeah. bureaucracy. Oh, exactly. You know, yeah, for sure. Oh, are are you on the list? Yeah, you know, like that, that type of thing. Like <laughs> I don't know. It felt like almost like you know being at like a club and you know trying to get in and you know mm. or, or even it reminded me actually a lot of like the Wizard of the Oz, of Wizard of Oz like at the gate and they're like 
you know, people are not letting them see the wizard and, you know, stuff like that. That's kind of how it felt like for a little bit as they were um, trying to get in to see the mayor. Right. It's like the first glance you see of, uh, you know, the lack of respect that Boba Fett has so far. Yeah. Um, yeah. Of Monsess. But, you know, nobody's really looking at him as the uh, rightful leaders or anything. Yeah. So. And what did you guys, how did you interpret, like, their, the walk to the mayor's place and, like, all of those, uh, like, the lizard-looking people? I forget what their, their species is called, but, like, they're kind of just, like, looking at them. You can hear a little bit of hissing, uh, they're, and they're staring at them. There's three different groups of people that yeah. they walk past. Like, how did you interpret that scene? Like, did you interpret that, like, as... Uh oh, something's about to go down. Or were you like, ah, who is this guy? I think who he thinks he is going up against the mayor. I think it was more of like, who is this guy going up against the mayor? Because you know, before with Jabba, you know, like you mentioned uh, before, you know, he didn't want to be paraded around, you know, the streets or anything like some um, high king or anything. Yeah. You know, he wanted to walk his own, on his own two legs. So um, one, the people were not used to that. You know, they're they're seeing this guy, you know, just walk himself, and so I think. I think people miss that, and they're not really looking at what the uh, what the power struggle is going on. Yeah, I think I think they just kind of saw it as like, w- what is going on? Like, is this well, what is this situation that is happening? This person that is bringing in this, you know, prisoner to to the mayor. Like, is this like what's just what is going on? They don't know where to place. The relationship that is, and it's somewhat built off of the fact that he isn't doing some of the traditional daimo daimyo items that you know happen, you know, throughout time. But also that he is getting results in some ways too. So there's this, you know, it's very obvious, you know, power struggle at, at this time period, and for the most part, it's been a, a, a power struggle of you know gestures and you know moments rather than true all, all out violence. So far, um, there's been a lot of standoffish moments rather than, you know, action moments for between the between the main forces. So it's, it's very interesting and very, you know, more underhanded type of uh, power struggle going on at the moment. Yeah, very westerny for sure. Yeah, westerny. I mean, I guess Tatooine does give off that kind of vibe. But uh, I mean, so just as as a general general Star Wars fan or even a hardcore Star Wars fan, like Tatooine is a big staple uh, yeah. planet for this the series, the the the, the adventure, the story, everything, yeah. right? But like, for look, just taking a step out back and like looking into every uh, everything, Tatooine is just a desert planet with. Yeah. I don't see any major cities like crazy. Like, I don't know, something that would be considered extravagant, right? So essentially, like, there, it's a small time, it's a small time uh, conflict, is what I'm, I'm gathering, and like Boba's just kind of settling in, uh, and, yeah. and he wants to just deal with this small town conflict. Is what, that's what I'm gathering. Like, is, is, there's no big stakes here. Like, do you feel like the, the, this is supposed to be setting up for Boba Fett to be involved in big stakes, or do you feel like? It is what what we're getting, and it's him just kind of settling in and enjoying his like time as a crime lord in this local area. I mean, I think he's just trying to get his foothold. You know, he's trying to get his area under control. Um, I, I don't know. It, it's it, it, it seems like he is trying to through through what we have seen. He's built he, he's built this relationship with the um, with the Tuscan Raiders. So it it seems like he's trying to sort of better their lives in a way as well like you kind of get that feel a little bit that he's 
you know, maybe what he is doing in the city, he is doing to partially better their lives and their relationship with the with the people. Um, because, the, of course, the Tusken Raiders relationship from everything that we have seen pretty much through the Star Wars universe has been a very negative relationship with anyone who's outside of that world. Um, so I think Boba Fett is maybe trying to, you know, build a relationship, better the relationship, all these kind of different things to um, make this a better situation for the Tusken Raiders. Right, yeah. I uh, I definitely see him struggling as... Um as Daimyo, because like the the stance and everything that he's carrying right now is still a bounty hunter stance. Like his uh, presentation and everything is uh, is still from a warrior standpoint. You know, he doesn't really have like I wouldn't say like the leadership traits, but he's he's definitely a loner. So I think it's going to be a struggle for him to, um, you know, carry himself, um, you know, responsible for all these other people and responsible for what's going on in Malsas, yeah. but in the rest of Tatooine. Yeah, and uh, while he's having the conversation with the mayor, like he even says, like I'm not a bounty hunter. Like, um, so I mean, he was known for that for so long, yeah. but this is him, I guess, attempting to uh, disassociate himself with yes. the the moniker of bounty hunter. Well, and I think from what we have seen uh, from the rest of this episode as well is kind of we're seeing like uh, a change in his own vision of his own identity, um, but. I think part a part of it with everything that with him is is he's having a hard time building the understanding. Some he is more the leader of like a mid leader, a leader who gets down and is willing to put himself into the scrap, rather than the leader that instructs people to fight. And that is a grading relationship with anyone that's in this universe from what we have seen, um, or at least on in most Espar. Because he, what we've seen from the mayor, he's obvious. He, he 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 seems like he is intelligent. He has a lot of plans going on. He knows a lot, but he does not seem like he's a very hands-on leader. Um, he is very much sending people out to do his bidding. And even with the introduction of the twins, um, they're obviously not going to be hands-on, you know, hands-on oh, yeah. in, no, in there. No um, <laughs> except for, like, one-on-one, oh, I'm going to crush you, I'm going to choke you, like, that, that kind of stuff. Um, but, you know, so it's in, he's a completely different type of leader, and there's a, definitely some miscommunication in the way that e- either side sees each other at the moment. Yeah, correct. So you mentioned you mentioned the twins. Um, so the mayor essentially tells Boba Fett, and he's uh, he says, "I didn't do this. I didn't send him. Yes. Uh, I didn't. I didn't want to get you killed, right? Uh, I, I I'm here to serve, right? He literally says that, and then yeah. he says, "Ask yourself, um, who would want to kill you?" And that family family drama, something along the long lines of like family drama, is more than like some something else, right? Like he was pointing out that. The yeah. dynamics of yeah. family drama. He even drops some uh, something about the 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 um, people of the night when work aren't supposed to be working outside of the hut. Yeah, like um, dyna- the, oh, the hut yeah, family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like, oh, oh, it's kind of like pointing at well, then something it's obviously got to be a hut working for that is behind this, unless it's some other thing. But, yeah. So, but yeah, then yeah. then he heads to uh, like the cantina where we see uh, Max Rebo again. I love it. Uh, we need to get uh, him in some talking roles. Yes. That'd be great. Uh, <laughs> um, but anyway, so then you start hearing these like loud drumming and everything's everything stops. 
and then they go outside in the streets and then there's a nice little like caravan yeah. of people and drumming and then you see the twins yep. the, the two huts yes <laughs> just on top of this big giant uh throne being carried by a ton of people uh that had to have been heavy man i was yes. just um while they were standing there just watching them you could like see their arms were like shaking yeah like, it was pretty, it was pretty incredible to watch that yep. um but uh what did you guys make of like the presence of the huts when they came in like how that feel uh you definitely knew who they were they were definitely um royalty uh just you know, with everybody that was around them and, you know, the way even the crowd was looking at them, like, oh, no, the huts are back, you know. Yeah. Um, and then, like, once they even approach, you know, they pull out this tablet and, you know, they mention, like, this is hut territory now. Um, and, like, that tablet, you know, was supposed to mean something. Like, people know what that yes. tablet is. So, like, what does that indicate to, you know, other territories or even other planets? Um, and then even Boba said, like, I don't care what your tablet says. <laughs> yeah, exactly. the, the, I'm Daimyo here, you know. And then he lays out like the the line of succession, and I think it comes down to the idea of where does the line of succession actually play? Because you know you have these two different ideas of how leadership is is brought down. Is it through when the leader is when when a leader dies? Does it go to a family member or part of their their family, or is it does it go to you know? you know, someone who was a part of killing them or, you know, that type of thing. Because I think that that's kind of how, you know, Boba Fett was kind of looking at it was, well, he claimed the territory because he is the one who who killed the previous leader of this yes. territory. So then it is his territory now. Yeah, and the twins, they say that they're, they're cousins with Jabba. So, yes. like, I mean, how much do cousins really gain from uh, something like that, like a a hand down or something like that. Uh, um, I mean, I don't know. I'm always like father to son, uh, yeah. to son, to son, to son, to son. Like you're, you're used to seeing that, but like it never goes from like father to son to cousin. Like that's rare. That's in rare cases in royalty. Right. I think it, I think it's something special with the huts, you know, with the huts, you kind of think of like a mafia organization. Um, and the closest thing like you see to this is um, mm, okay. the Clone Wars movie, the animated uh, movie, not the series, but the movie, um, you know, the, all the huts are connected, you know, in some sort of way of fashion. It doesn't matter matter if it's brother, son, father, like if, if, if your last name is Hut, like you're connected in some, some yeah. sort of way. Well, I mean, in what you're saying with the father, son type of thing, thing well, if you... It, if you do not have any heir, then it goes to your next closest of kin. So they could go to a cousin in that sense. You know, they are, if they are the closest person that is to you, like um, if you, you know, if you're running and, you know, your father has already passed away, you don't have any children, your your uncle doesn't have, your, your uncle's passed away because he was the brother of your father. Well, then the next in line would be th their children. So that would go down to, you know, that would go down to your cousins in this situation and um whether that's actually like how they're thinking about it or if they're just thinking about it as they are a part of this organization and therefore this you know someone who ran this territory for our organization has died now it is yeah it is yeah. you know in our organization still so someone <clears throat> from our organization has to now take over the running of of this area most esper yeah, so we, we get the introduction of the twins. I don't believe they're given individual names. I believe that we are just led to believe the twins right yes. now. But uh, the male, he seems to be more of the, 
the talker trying to negotiate things, yeah. um, not trying to like start anything as of yet. Uh, yeah. But then his sister, a little bit more uh, hot headed. Yeah, a little more hot headed. She's she's a little uh, like we're, we'll kill you. We'll do it right now. Yeah. Um, and then their their flex, the twins' biggest flex, which I did not see coming at all. It, yeah. yeah. Um, and you see emerging from the back of them a black-haired Wookiee, yes. and I'm like, wait a minute, is this is this who I think it's gonna be? And so we see the the back walk towards Boba Fett, and then the camera pans and turns around, and we get Black Crescentin, and that is pretty epic because first off, not only is he a BA, like. <laughs> Dude's legit. Um, he's introduced in a canon comic book series uh, for Star Wars that's was produced by Disney. So yep. uh, that opens up a whole possibility of storylines that could possibly come. Uh, yep. Markham, uh, dig us deeper here, man. Let me know. Uh, so you know, in in that whole interaction, um, you know, the what you kind of get is Boba and Black Crescenton have already met, uh, which they have in the comic book series. You know, they they work together. Um, uh, you know, on a couple of on a couple of bounties and everything, um, Black Crescenton um actually made his first appearance in the Darth Vader comics in 2015. Um, with him, he's actually exiled from you know the planet of Kashyyyk. Uh, he made his the name for himself in the Death Pits of Dur, which uh, Boba actually mentions. He does, um, yeah. You know, he's you know he says you could bring all the gladiators you you know you want. Um, so I think Boba knows what Black Crescenton is capable of. Um, they're actually kind of paired like neck and neck, uh, close to, um, as far as warrior status. Um, so it's, it's, it's really curious to see, you know, there's, I feel like there's definitely going to be a showdown here, uh, between Black Chrysanthemum and Boba. Um, so it's kind of, uh, I can't wait to see how that's going to turn out. Yeah. yeah. Th- like that has to happen now. Like the, the fact that that's, uh, the presence has been made, like if that does not happen, that's, it's, it's yeah, failure. So, so, something has to, e- <laughs> either they have to join up or they have to fight. Yeah. You know, it's one of the two. Um, yeah. Yep. Yep. This will be the first time that they're on opposite sides of the playing field. You know, Black Crescenton is kind of joined in with the enemy now. So I don't know if Bob is nervous or if he's, you know, got something in his arsenal ready for him. Yeah, well, I mean, he's essentially an assassin or bounty hunter now, right? Like, yep. correct? That's what he's he is doing. So, I mean, if the huts are going to pay, then he's going to he's gonna do his thing, right? Right. Uh, but he just looks so menacing. Like, yeah. he, honestly, like, he makes he, Chewie look like a little play toy. Like, that's, like, as far as, like, Chewie's, like, he's lovable. He's yeah. he's, he's our Chewie, right? Yep. We love him. But this guy is just terrifying. Yeah. Uh, you know, the Mandalorian gave us uh, Baby Yoda. Uh, <laughs> the Book of Boba Fett gave us Old Man Chewie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jeez, man. Yeah, grizzled. Grizzled for sure. But, uh. But yeah, so that was an awesome interaction. You could feel how tense it was getting there, and uh, the male twin was like, "The bloodshed is not good for business. Yeah, we'll deal with this later. Sleep lightly." I love that. Sleep lightly. Like, yeah. like the, there would they would make an effort to kill him. Like at where he sleeps. Like yeah. that was just really yeah. the, on the nose. It was really good. These underhanded threats. They don't. They don't have to like. They they can say it underhanded. And they well, everyone knows what they're talking about. Yeah, exactly. Um, exactly. Yep. So yeah. One one last thing with the twins. What do you think the uh, the chance is that they're conjoined twins? You know, I kind of thought that, you know, because when they're when they pick them up and they're they're heading off in their you know separate direction, yep. it looks like they're connected. 
Yeah. You know, for a second, it does look like so they're connected. I thought so, too. I, I was like, okay, they're, they are they Siamese twins, like that kind of yeah. thing, right? But in the concept art, um, the post-credits, uh, while they're rolling, uh, you can see that they're kind of like they're laying yin and yang style, like... His tail's going behind her, and her tail's going in front of him. Okay, so, good cop, bad cop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Essentially, yeah, they're, they're they fit perfect. Okay, the less fancy way of yin yang. Yeah, good cop, bad cop. The much <laughs> sloppier version of yes. that, actually. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah. Just, just one last thing with uh, Black Chrysanthemum. Um, in the comics, him and Obi Wan actually face off. So you know, we're getting a lot of backstory and everything with uh, Boba Fett. So I'm wondering if they're going to do a backstory. With Black Chrysanthemum, and are we going to see right. uh, an Ewan McGregor as Obi Wan uh, in this series? Just it, as a sneak in this, peek. the Book of Boba Fett, correct? What you're saying gearing up to the Obi Wan series. Wow, I would love that actually. That would be pretty yeah, awesome yeah. to be talking about. I was there when you got your scar, and then you're like, boom, it's Obi Wan. Like, hopefully, right there. hopefully, that would be pretty incredible actually. Um, however, uh, I mean, it would be a cool flashback. It would be. It would have to be a flashback because uh, he's yeah. long dead now. Yeah, in this, in this timeline. This point, so. Yeah. Right. Um, it would be a really cool flashback to see, though. Um, speaking of cool flashbacks, <laughs> we transition now from present time, uh, what Boba Fett's dealing with, with the twins, to him and his survival amongst the yeah. Tusken Raiders. So I've been very intrigued with this whole Tusken Raider inclusion slash yeah. immersion program you- that he's he's doing right now. Yeah. Don't, don't you mean the Fremen? Fremen. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Dune is fresh on the mind, but let's leave that thing at the door, man. I yeah. love it. Uh, I love it though. But uh, so the Tuscan Raiders, man. Um, we I just always thought of them as uncivilized, like and as mindless, like you know, they were just kind of there, right? Yeah. But this is like painting a whole new picture for me, man. This yeah. is this thing is really it's bringing bringing to light. And you know what? I, I kind of feel like I kind of feel like I'm. Like this, the stupid Spaniards coming over here <laughs> for the indigenous <laughs> yeah. people of, of America, the Native Americans, uh, and being like savages. But yeah. no, that's not the case. That's not they, the case here. Yeah, and they're just different. This is really yeah, what it comes down exactly. to. Exactly. And it, it, I think this episode painted that picture like perfectly. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was a really good, like, you, you really got to see, you know, we've really been able to see so far in these first two episodes, like the relationships and how they interact and that. You get to see that they do some things in very odd ways, but it's not it's not necessarily what you would consider uncivilized or necessarily like barbaric. It's just different than the way that you traditionally see um, modern civilizations built. It is much more, you know, no like most civilizations are based around cities and things like that, and. Generally, when you have nomadic civilizations such as the Tuscan Raiders, they are generally lots of times seen as uncivilized because they don't have a like set area. That that's usually what you see anytime with with these groups is you know there's lots of times a lot of movement with them, so they seem like they're less civilized because they don't ever really settle down. Yeah, correct. Man. It, yeah. It, it's definitely, uh, in my opinion, very nomadic. Um, and they get their respect from strength. Strength is power. Um, you, you know, if you're strong and you stand up for yourself and you have good warrior traits, they're going yeah. to respect you. Um, but you have to prove yourself. You know, with Boba Fett, you know, he saved the youngling. Yeah. Um, it was kind of like a way of passage. He was allowed to um, live free among their people. Um, and the more that he proved his um, strength and his power, the more 
um, freedom they accepted he, him. Yeah, yeah. the more that he they accepted him, the more freedom he got. So do you you said he he kind of earned his like freedom amongst them, right? But like, yeah. do you feel like he actually is like free to go? Because I feel like when he said when he saw the 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 gang ride by on the on the speeders, uh, and he was like, "I'll be back, but I'll be back in the morning. I just need a rifle and that." Do you think he was saying that to them? To, to like let him go or is he saying that to them because he like don't worry like i'll be back you don't have to worry about me running away or like i, I, I don't I know that, I, I think at that point they they were he hadn't a hundred percent proven himself quite yet i don't think it's i mean i think i think we very much see in this episode he gets to the point of a hundred percent oh for sure easily of, um and is you know, and becomes literally a part of whatever tribe that yeah. is. Um, but I do think at that point he was kind of a, a, a almost acquaintance like situation up until like he, I tolerate you kind of thing. Yeah, like he's allowed to be a part of the group, but he isn't necessarily. You know, they don't necessarily trust him and completely quite yet. And you know, he's allowed to roam free, but he isn't. You know. He's like a second cousin at this point, <laughs> you know. Like you're like, oh, you you recognize him as you know being sort of related, but he like when it comes down to it, they're not really related. And you could you could even tell that based off the equipment that he was given. You know, he was given no food, he was given no water. Um, the rifle he was given um, broke. You know, after that's, a couple yeah, of hits, that's true. Right. Um, he had, you know, he had a, a a mere stick as a club. It wasn't custom or anything. Yeah. Um, it could have failed on him at any moment. So they gave him the essentials to survive. You know, as far as but he, he got. had to actually use he, them to correct to prove himself. Correct. Yeah. He had to keep. He was responsible for his own survival. Yeah, and so so yeah, he said he was gonna go ahead. and He'll be right back. I'm gonna get something to help stop this train because we got uh, we've seen a train in the scene before while he's training. I really wish we could get names for all these characters, like the Tuscan yeah. Raiders. Like all I have is like the Chief Tuscan Raider and then like the Warrior Tuscan Raider. Yeah, like, that's and all. The youngling and the youngling. That's all we're dealing with here, and and we don't have names for the Gamorans either. Like they're just there, yeah. uh, following Boba Fett around. But uh, hopefully we'll get names by the end of this thing. But uh, but yeah, so. The, he's training with the warrior one at this uh, in, during this one scene, and he's like learning new techniques yeah. um, on how to fight. And the train goes by, and it's just shooting, mowing these guys down, these custom raiders down. I'm like, what's going on? Like, I, I was, I was, my, it piqued my interest because uh, essentially, it just seems like that they were doing it for sport or something like that at first, like because we didn't really see the the whole development of the until the later scenes on what the train is actually doing. Yeah, but uh, for me, I was just like, are they just shooting them because that their their target practice or something like that? Uh, but anyway, uh, so he Bobo says he's gonna stop the train, but he, in order to do the do so, he has to leave, and then he goes to a bar where we're introduced yeah. to a biker gang, essentially, right? The Swoop Gang. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, he de- beats all the crap out of all of them yep. in the bar, yeah. uh, and then because, just walks because out. Because once again, Boba Boba has to be the hero in this series, so they have to show a scene of them kind of being. <laughs> You know, a nuisance. Yeah, be, being a nuisance, being mean. That one couple who's just sitting there. Yeah. It's not just, right. It's not right, man. Yes, <laughs> uh, like it's like it, I'm not gonna lie. That, that was probably the only part of the episode where I was like, yeah. this this is not it was great it was no that was like, one of the low points for yeah, sure uh, but you know he comes in and he knocks off all all these people in the bar to take their 
their speeders away. Um, so uh, it, w- it was pretty interesting, you know, you get to see, oh, okay, so he, he, you get to see him use some of his newly learned tactics as he's mm-hmm. going along. Yep. Um, I actually, um, I haven't had a chance to do it yet, but I would like to, like, as we're seeing these scenes with the Tuscan Raiders, I wouldn't mind going back to watch a couple episodes of The Mandalorian that he's in and seeing if he's using any of those tactics in The Mandalorian. Yeah, he definitely uses uh, a few of them. Just yeah. uh, just thinking back real quick, because first off, that he used that staff like yes. hardcore in, oh, yeah, in, in Mandalorian sure. uh, series, and he's clearly learning how to use this. And by the end of this yeah. episode, making it, um, so he definitely does do that. Um, so, but what I thought was interesting was when he brought the speeders back to the camp um, uh, with all the rest of the uh, Tusken Raiders. He's like, here, a gift for you. And then they just immediately jump on them and start tearing them down for, uh, to scraps. Yes. And he's like, whoa, 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 stop. We need yeah. to use this for the train. Uh, that go- that kind of, like, I mean, it goes back to like introducing like uh, it, like industrialism to yeah. uh, uncivilized or un, uh, like populated um, yeah. tribes, that kind of stuff, right? Yeah. It, it does kind of create this like interesting idea of, so are the Tusken Raiders just not capable? Do, do, do they shun the technology in general as a as a group of people, or do they just not understand it enough to be able to, you know, use it in their own lives? You know, because they, with them immediately trying to break it down um, in that situation, as well as a, just the idea of they've been around the technology long enough. It's been in the cities. They've interacted, you know, at least somewhat with people who have some forms of technology and yet they, they're, they have almost none of it. You would think they would at least, you know, raid certain areas or literally called Tuscan Raiders. Um, (laughs) Where's all the raiding? Yeah. Like, um, you know, you would think they would at least, you know, take some more of these things. So it's interesting to think in the later conversation, they, they deal with it. Later conversation Boba has with the chief, the chief's like, uh, he's using his like hand signals and everything. He's like, uh, they have machines, like they have this, like how can we ever stand up against them? That kind of thing. And Boba was explaining to them, like you can, you have, you have the yeah. skills, you have the numbers, like that kind of thing. He's going over that. So it leads me to believe like, I mean, I don't think they were, I, I think they feared it. Uh, feared technology, feared yeah. machinery. I think that Possibly. they they didn't understand it enough to incorporate it into th- their lives. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, so that he stops them from breaking it down, and um, he he goes through a little session, a learning session, on teaching yeah. them how to drive. Which Going I on thoroughly, a montage. I know, I love this montage. I'm a sucker for a good montage. I'll say it every single time when it's executed yep. perfect, perfectly, and this was. A montage of learning how, and it was amazing. It really was. Yeah, it was really funny, you know, especially at the beginning, you know, and he's very nonchalant with his teachings. You know, he's like, this is go, this is back. You know, like like they're supposed to know, and then like he immediately puts it in reverse, and then <laughs> right off the bat, yes. <laughs> right of course, here we go. Because <laughs> you know, you had to have that one comedic moment where it was just like, yeah, they just do everything completely wrong. Yeah. And uh, the fact that he's there, like, practicing jumping from speeder to speeder. Yeah. Like, uh, I mean, <laughs> I feel like you wouldn't have to normally use that that skill um, if you're doing your job right. I feel yeah. like that's, like, a last-minute ditch effort. Well, I think what that really was... It, jumping it onto the train? It was, yeah, it was, it, was. On, it was it was training to jump onto the yeah, train. Yeah, but they, they had a rope. They weren't even practicing with a rope. They were just jumping from one to one. That's it. 
So, I mean, I, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. It was probably just practice for that. But uh, the fact it was uh, <laughs> jumping from one to the other, I don't know. Yeah. And they kept falling off over and again. It was comedic. It was very yes. funny. Um, I, think I enjoyed it. I think it was Boba. You know, he already knew what the strategy was going to be. And then he was preparing for, you know, uh, worst case scenarios. I think that's why the you know the whole jumping from speeder to speeders he had to get that down because you know if he lost his you know entire crew he couldn't take that train by himself. There's absolutely no way. Yeah, you're right. And uh, so the, anyway, so from because of this sweet montage scene, um, they are now fully trained on how to use speeders. And uh, that thank you. Uh, I'm yes. ass- in my mind. I'm assuming a week went by. That's what my mind's telling me. My uh, mind's telling me one week went by. And that's the the train's route. One afternoon. Yeah, I know. No, that's the, I was worried. I was worried it was a one afternoon. But no, in my my mind is telling me it's one week. So anyway, they're back on the dunes. They're training. They're doing whatever, right? And then they're like, train's coming. Everybody to the speeders. Like yeah. immediately, they go into action. Um, these, these poor Banthas, dude. They're just getting freaking mowed yeah. down. Like every single time, at least two gets mowed down from this train experience. Um, yes. But then later we see a field of Banthas and like, oh, okay, they're never mind. They're easily accessible, so we don't have to worry about them dying. Um, but anyway, so they're chasing down this uh, train. There's like gunner after gunner after gunner. Like I, I didn't think these guys were gonna stop, man. Like I didn't know how yeah. they were gonna infiltrate this train uh, successfully. But uh, I'm, I'm also a sucker for a good train scene, and this was one of the best train scenes I've seen in a long time. It was very entertaining. It was a very good train scene where you got to see, you know, you were constantly seeing, you know, enemies pop up and, you know, using your surroundings to not only defeat them, but then be able to um, be able to, you know, hide behind the doors when you needed to or the the, uh, the flaps or whatever. Yeah, they were. yeah, the hatches. Um, yep. yeah, the hatches. There we go. That's what I was looking for. Yeah. You know, as as the time came up, you know, it was really it was really cool seeing that. And, you know. I thought it was really funny seeing the um, the robot. Yes, the robot was it very like um like low. It was like a, a low key, underhanded comedic. The way he was, you know, working furiously in the as a con, as a conductor. Yeah, and the yeah. Um, the massive engine that they uh, he kept going faster and faster, yes. and it was actually uh, slowing them down because it was like burning them alive, right? Like, yeah. So they had to hide and they had to wait and time things and then advance. Um, but essentially they were trying to stop the train. So, um, cool fight scenes throughout. I love the warrior, uh, Tuscan coming in, uh, one of the last speeders coming into the train Yeah, crashes into it. He's on the inside and he's like, he's running him below and then Boba's on top. There's, oh, I mean, it's always fun to see like a, a two, a perspective of, yeah. of the train being infiltrated. Uh, and so, Bubba makes it to the thing. Uh, he can't stop it. Right initially, the robot jumps out the window and then just like walks away. No big yeah. deal. Uh, <laughs> well, well, it's probably built to do that. It's probably literally in its programming to be able to be. You know, it's built to be that's its safety measures to be able to jump out of the train. Yeah, like almost like um, a self destruct almost. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or, or just like you know, okay, it, we have to be able to build this robot when it fall. It has to be able to jump out of the train that it can survive it. Um, uh, you know, one one of the things that did come through my mind is I was like, you know, I was like, well, if this train could always go faster, 
why wasn't always just always going faster? You know, like yep. that idea. I mean, it probably just couldn't sustain. That's all. Right. Yeah. I mean, you even see there, and you know, the engine starts overloading. You know, I don't think it could stay at those speeds for a long period of time. I think for you know, after a while, you know, the engine would explode it, you know, or yep. something like that. So I think the you know the robot was like you said doing what it was programmed to do is uh, go faster for a, you know a period of time as a self defense measure, but it couldn't have stayed yeah. that way. Yeah, possibly. Yeah. yeah. And so uh, they get the train to stop, and uh, Boba kind of is like, he's kind of leading the whole thing. He's like, hey, um, what, what, are you, what are you guys doing? What's the, what's the big thing? Are you guys spice runners? What are you doing? Yeah. And it was here where the, the Dune crept, in, <laughs> crept into my mind. I was like, yeah, man, Dune is like so fresh on the mind because it was just came out like a couple months yeah. ago. Yep. Um, but then also like Dune, the book series came out before Star Wars and really inspired it. Um, yep. it inspired George Lucas. And yep. I was like, ah, here we go. Talking about spice, man. Like, yeah. Um, good but, old spice. Yeah, I know. Good old spice, right? Uh, space, space galaxy epics, uh, fight over <laughs> spice. Anyway, um, uh, moving on. Maybe it's connected. No, no, no. I wish, but no, no. Um, but then he's like, uh, are you guys uh, peddling spice or moving spice? He's like, what spice? What does it look like? And then the, the conveniently the Tuscan Raiders walk by and spill it. And he's like, that's spice. Yeah. Good good comedic timing. Yeah. Um, I, I never pictured Boba Fett in my head to be uh, a comedian or yeah. or funny or at all. Like wit or yeah. like, you know. Yeah. But he he's funny in a way that, you I mean, he's not necessarily... Trying, trying to be, to be. Funny. yeah, yeah. Yep. which I thoroughly can appreciate a dry, a dry humor yep. in, yeah. in a lot of ways, right? Yep. Yeah, exactly. um, it, but and it was kind of interesting to see these, you know, these weren't uh, like sh- straight up villains on the train. Uh, I would say uh, they, they weren't being presented as these, you know, these very evil like black and white situation of, um, you know, they are the villains. It it, it was set up more as. Once he got to talk to them, it was, oh, well, they're just, you know, traveling through these lands. And, you know, you almost see, you know, the side of the story that we normally see of the Tusken Raiders is they are these uncivilized yes, people yes. that. He even says you, it. He says uncivilized. Them, yeah. yeah yep. When you see them, you kill them on the spot because you you don't know what they're going to do to you. So you take. When you see them out on the out on the horizon uh, on your as you're going down your train, you you see that as they are a threat to your train, right? You got to your livelihood, it. so you have to protect it. So it it, yep. it does create an interesting situation, and maybe even you know maybe even the part of the reason why Boba let them go is because he understood that that's how he saw them before he got to know them as a people. Yep. And this, this may not be the last encounter that he has, um, you know, with these people, um, you know, the people who do know, um, the people that were running the spice was the Pike syndicate. Um, they were the Pikes that were on this train. So, um, anybody who knows the Pike syndicate, you know, they're this, um, galactic, gang mafia you know yeah. type deal they very, had, very similar to like the huts correct you know they they were very involved with um i want to say it's concord dawn um they were you know one of the uh gangs that were very close to maul and his reign with the underworld um you know they're they're very established uh they definitely are villains you know you see bits and pieces of them you know throughout uh clone wars rebels so um, I don't think this is going to be the last encounter that Boba Fett has with them. Definitely um, not. They're no. they're definitely yeah. going to be an enemy. Um, you know, once you know, definitely, especially once they find out that you know Boba that 
took down a train um carrying you know who knows how much spice um that was on that train so it's definitely putting a target on his back for sure and this kind of is laying the groundwork for like boba kind of being like a crime lord because uh he's establishing that hey your train comes through here again they pay a toll to us like yes that's the only way you get through our our dunes our desert which Um, is definitely not something the pikes would like to uh you know acquiesce to you know oh yeah yeah absolutely um correct so so it was. I, I thought it was cool to see. Okay, so that's why Boba's trying to do this crime lord thing because he's kind of already done it before. Um, because I know I mentioned last week on the pod, I was like, crime lord. Like, what made him decide to be a crime lord? That kind of thing, right? Um, so yeah. Anyway, he goes back to the chief, and they, that's when they have their conversation. Of like, you guys could run this desert. Like, you guys. Yeah. Um, but you you don't. Why not? And so. Uh, the chief gives him a gift, right? And he says, this gift will guide you. And he's like, okay, cool. Right? It's a lizard. What's what's up with this? When this lizard jumps in his head, the first thing that came to my mind is like, has this is this lizard in his head like permanently? And, it, and this is the thing that's like running him. But then like, obviously he goes to like this yeah. little like vision quest. vision quest, spiritual guide type thing. Yep. And we see some cool scenes. Uh, we see a scene uh, on Camino. And uh, it's him as a child watching his father, Django Fett, fly away on Slave One. Yeah. Um, and then we see it flash to him in the Sarlacc pit again. But uh, it shows him in the in the tree branches. But then it, the tree branches turn into tentacles or yeah. whatever on the inside. So it's definitely his struggles, his current struggles yes. that he's been dealing with um, as a child and now. And uh, I just thought it was... It was really well done, uh, especially when the red eyes, the red eyes start popping up on the tree during this little vision yeah. that he's having. Yep. Uh, and then we see him break off a branch and then we see him walking through the desert, dragging this branch all like mine. It looks mindless. Like it looks like he's just kind of like in the zone. Uh, yeah. And then the little, we, the little Tuscan youngling is uh, kind of watching through the desert like, oh, oh there he is. And he like alerts yeah. everybody. And then this whole sequence here at the end where he's being incorporated into the tribe. Yeah. Uh, I, I really enjoyed this part of it because not only is he um, being fitted with the attire of the Tusken Raiders, but um, he personally is crafting his own personal weapon yeah. yep. uh, with the Tusken Raiders. And just the way the scene played out i was just like okay this 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 is gonna be next level of the series it's gonna be great yep and and what's really interesting about this scene and everything is um well for one you know when you're looking at tattooing and everything it's very you never really see any trees there's no trees you don't see trees um (laughs) that's true you know you know and, and what trees need is water to grow um, it doesn't rain in the Dune Sea. Um, you have like these little melons, you know, that have water in them, but that's about it. Um, but what I do know is that, you know, they don't call it the Dune Sea for, you know, they call it for a reason. You know, it used to be a massive ocean, um, which is very, I feel like, very important, you know, to the Tuscan Raiders and everything and to their ancestors. Um, so these these trees, I feel like, are very special. It's very important, you know, to their um, to their race, to their existence. It's what they're using their weapons out of. Obviously, is what that's what he made it out of. Um, so I'm really curious if they're going to elaborate more onto that, you know, as far as the series goes, and it kind of explain more of, you know, what what do these trees actually mean? Because in order for Boba to find one, he needed the lizard in his nose. Yeah, you know, the gu- yeah. to guide him. The yeah. guide, yeah. And not only that, they knew what he was going to come back with. Correct. You know, like, you know, well, so. If he were to come back, he would come back with that. But yes. he could have 
probably failed uh, if he wasn't going to um, come back. Like that would that would mean like okay, he really wasn't worthy enough. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, so anyway, we see him uh, get his cool little like black wrapping like that he yeah. what we were first introduced to him as in Mandalorian in season two. Yeah, and uh, it, it was pretty cool to see it come together because it was like several pieces, like yeah. several several pieces. Like yep. I feel like the arm had like four pieces all together. Like. Yep. It was it was pretty intricate, um, but it looked so cool when it was done. And uh, I I feel like when he was walking around in his little like white jumpsuit thing, um, and that was what he had on under his Boba Fett armor that we're used to in the uh, episode six and 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 uh, the rest of the original trilogy. But uh, what we're seeing now um, is we're seeing the black underneath. So it's pretty cool that he's incorporating what he's gained and learned from the tribe that yeah. he's at the Tuscan Raiders yep. and fusing it with his, uh, what he's known for with his armor. Um, yep. It's so a part of him. Yeah. It's, it's, it's truly a part of him now. Um, so that's been pretty cool to see. And then, um, I did find it interesting here on the close of the episode. Um, he forges his weapon. Yeah. He goes to, uh, a tribal circle, uh, and they, they do kind of like a tribal dance. Yeah. Um, but it was more of like a, inclusion like okay yeah initiation you're you're here you're one of us um this is where we're at now and then the episode ends yeah uh, right there and so we don't flash back to the the boba's quote-unquote present time but uh we are left with where his character is at at that moment and so i believe any flashback between uh that we see from the rest of the series is going to go after that moment um because I think I do believe that we're going to get a lot of, um, let's see, uh, crime Tuscan Raider organization going on. I yeah. guess like tolls and taking over territories. I think we're going to see a little bit of that to why he's a, kind of established himself as a, as a crime lord in the first yeah. place. Um, so that's going to be interesting to see that play out um, from the ground level up uh, to where he is now currently. But uh, but yeah, overall, I thought it was a, a quality episode. A great, for sure. Honestly, a great episode, and it really got me excited for what the remaining five episodes could be. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, so closing us out, uh, let's. I mean, we have any like final thoughts on what we think's going to happen, what's to come, uh, what are potential cameos, what are potential um, anything? We got uh, anything theories going on? I mean, I, I think we'll potentially see. Um, some long shots of uh, what we know is the Mandalorian. Uh, I, like I think we'll see maybe some moments where you know maybe he was tracking the Mandalorian at certain points and you know just kind of watching him from afar. Um, maybe a couple couple moments like that. Maybe some more moments with him and Fennec uh, from the beginning of their relationship, so you get to see how they got to where. A little bit more about how they got to this this close relationship that we that we saw when they first seen in Mandalorian because it's kind of like a sudden like oh they're all of a sudden these two people are like you know as close as can be how did this happen is would be interesting to see a little bit more of that relationship built up as well. Yeah, but I think he's going to struggle a lot, especially with the huts. Um, I think yeah. he's going to get his butt kicked. Um, and I think he's going to have to rely on his um, new Tuscan Raider tribe to come in and kind of help him out and take back Mos yeah. Espa. Yeah, they're definitely coming back. Correct. Right? Like, yeah, for sure. That's going to happen. Um, he's definitely going to need their help. Um, I'm, 
I still hope that we see Juan McGregor as Obi Wan in like a flashback with um uh Black Chrysanthemum. Um, that's gonna be really exciting, and uh, I just can't wait to see more of uh, the Book of Boba Fett. Man, it's gonna yeah. be it's gonna be awesome. Yeah, I think the one thing I'm most excited about with the introduction of Black Chrysanthemum, uh, I do feel as though the fact that we're getting a comic book character into a live action series. The door is open now. I feel like yeah. for every yep. every comic book series that uh, has been produced by the the modern Lucas era, um, Disney owned Lucas era, as I should say, uh, is up for uh, up for grabs now. Like yep. we could easily incorporate anything now, and yeah. I'm really excited to see where that goes. Not only just here in the Boba Fett series, but in Mandalorian and Ahsoka yeah. and Kenobi and like. Uh, and or the series like all these series now like we have a much bigger pool of source material to pull from yeah like it's not just um, writers developing new thoughts like they're actually they can pull from stuff now and we could get characters that have already been developed in the comic books we can get characters that have been um, mentioned in video games we can get like all this stuff is I feel is yeah. open now and yep. uh, it's it's really exciting to be a Star Wars fan these days. And uh, For the sure. fact that this year alone, I believe we're getting not only the Boba Fett series, we're getting Obi-Wan series, and we're getting yeah. the Ahsoka series, and yep. we're getting Andor series. Yeah. Um, Mandalorian as well. So we're getting up to five Star Wars properties yeah. uh, this year. And yep. it's going to be pretty incredible. Yeah. Yep. So um, any other thoughts? Um. I mean, just one last thing, man. You know, we've mentioned a lot of standoff, you know, situations. You know, we had the train scene. Um, you know, anybody who knows George Lucas knows that, you know, he he had a love for Westerns. So I think it's really cool to see that, you know, the, the future creators and, you know, the people that are taking part in these series are, you know, keeping that um keeping that dream and that uh passion going, you know. And, you know, I grew up, you know, my dad loved Westerns. So it was really cool to see. So um, it's a really cool thing to see that they're, you know, they're keeping going and everything. They're keeping alive. Yeah. These, uh, quote unquote space Westerns <laughs> that Mandalorian yeah. has established. Yep. It's pretty awesome to see. Um, I'm definitely on board as well. Uh, so good shout there, Markham. Uh, appreciate that. But, uh, but yeah, um, I mean, Westerns, who knew, yeah. right? In space. Yep. In <laughs> space. Yeah. I mean, I think it's going to be really, inter- it's, it's really interesting to think about the fact mm-hmm. that we're, we're very potentially about to have a series where there's not a single force wielder in it of any type and we'll be perfectly fine. Yeah. Well, I think that's yeah. a very yeah, yeah. interesting. Absolutely. And like it, it opens the world so much more, you know? Yep. Yeah. I mean, we've been so accustomed to hearing the Skywalker story like yes. over and over and over and over again. But like, I mean, I mean, yes, Boba Fett is an original character from the original trilogy, but we're seeing a whole new side of him. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Ahsoka, yes, she was introduced in Clone Wars, and and she's even had a little run in the Rebels as well. But like, we're gonna ho- we're gonna see a whole different side of her. Um, yeah. That that goes for I mean Obi Wan too. Like we're gonna we we know what we know about Obi Wan from the the movies, right? But like we're about to dig deeper into that character, yeah, uh, and find out what he's been up to and all that kind of stuff uh, in in between years, right? Bef- yeah, uh, from when we see him on. Um, Mustafar with uh, um, when he fights Anakin to when he dies against Vader again, like that, that, that that's gonna be cool to yeah. see. Yep. And then uh, Andor, like, yes, it's gonna be a prequel, obviously, because Andor's 
uh, he's dead. Spoiler if you haven't seen Rogue One. But yeah. uh, but yeah, so uh, it's gonna be interesting to see a deeper dive into these into the world of Star Wars. So yeah. yep. um, good times ahead, fellas. Good times ahead. So. Mm-hmm. If you guys don't have anything else, uh, which I don't think we do, um, we really appreciate you guys listening. Uh, you guys mean the world to us. Keep listening. Keep leaving reviews. Um, we we really do appreciate it. So uh, until next time, uh, we will see you next time, you peasants. Peasants.